Good morning. How's everyone doing? Will you stand with me? Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for this day. We thank you that you are in control of everything that's going on, even even the wind and the waves obey you. And so we're going to set everything aside this morning and spend some, some precious moments worshiping you. God, be with us today, I pray. Amen.
All right, you may be seated. As we come to a time of prayer, uh, like Mark and I were talking earlier about the joys of living in a fallen world, right? Great times. But like the song says, uh, we, we sing the words, I depend on you. But what do we actually do most of the time? We worry about stuff. We worry, we worry, and we worry. Anyone ever read uh, this, this book called the Bible? And uh, in, in, the, in the book of Matthew chapter 6, we very plainly read, do not worry. And why? What does worrying get done? Worrying gets gets nothing done. Worry will actually make your life worse and you'll get ulcers and you'll make everybody around you not want to be around you and it'll be like quit complaining and worrying all the time. But when you're worrying, you're not getting jack squat done. We have to depend on God. As there are egomaniacs running the world, we can't do anything about it. Why worry about it? What are you called to do? You are called to be obedient to God. Love God with everything you've got. And, in the same breath, love your neighbor as yourself. As you love God and as you love your neighbor, what won't be accomplished if we can learn to live like that as people? What won't be accomplished? Oh no, there's a hurricane coming. Well, I'll tell you what, sit around and worry about it a bunch. Tell me what gets done. How many of you uh, made the mistake of trying to go to the store yesterday? How many, of you, how many of you like to drink bottled water at home? I, I think it's a waste, but I know of people in my family who like bottled water. Well, good luck trying to get some, as there is a mad rush of people worrying and worrying and worrying, I'm not going to have enough water. You do what you need to do to be prepared. But here's what God is really asking you to do. God is asking you to trust Him and to love your neighbor. You ever ask God what your purpose in life is? It's to love him and love your neighbor. That's your purpose. It doesn't make sense in worldly terms, does it? Loving him, depending on him, and loving your neighbor. Well, what about me? You're going to be okay if you're depending on him and you're loving your neighbor. It doesn't make a lot of logical sense. But when we're all loving our neighbors, we're getting taken care of too. Um... So some of you will remember Kevin, who passed away late spring, early summer. He and I'll always remember him. We became good friends, but he and Wyatt were baptized on the same day down at the beach. And so he held a special place in my heart. And he, he, took, he introduced me to a, a, a couple. Named, uh, his name was Cactus. I think it was actually Tony. And his wife, Margaret. And they live on a boat in the intercoastal. Well, Cactus passed away. So Kevin took care of her. Then Kevin passed away. And now she's on an old boat. And she calls. She's like, I'm scared to death. I don't want to be on this thing. She's like, I've got a piece of junk old trailer I'm going to move into. And so as she called, I was like, man, I don't know how to, I don't have a boat. I'm not good at carpentry. But God said, you have neighbors who know this stuff. So a guy is going to go help her move off her boat today to a trailer. And I know a master carpenter. He actually taught Jesus a few things about woodworking. My buddy Mike over here. Uh, 
He's going to take a few hours to go and shore up flooring. So if any of you want to love your neighbor, a neighbor, she's actually been with us before, back when Kevin was with us. A little time tomorrow afternoon, helping a lady with her old trailer just so she can live in it and not be scared. You want to do the will of God? Trust in Him and love your neighbor. Uh, I'll let you talk to Mike later if you want to lend a hand. It's in New Smyrna Beach, but this is the will of God. When we live like this, she will not only get taken care of, but we are doing the will of God and the world will be more of like how it's supposed to be. You want to ask God for a blessing? Love your neighbor and see what happens. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that first that we honor you, that we always remember to put you first, that we love you, trust you, depend on you. Lord, as we seek to know your will, help us to remember the simple things first. And in that will is just following you, being obedient to you, and then loving our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, you've, you've taught us things about how to prepare for the simple stuff, like nature's fury, how to grow food, how to clean water, how to make clothes, all those things, Lord. So help us not to worry, because when we work together, you use that to provide much of the time. And then sometimes you just provide out of nowhere in ways that just don't make sense except you are miraculous. Lord, I pray that we can put aside our worries and that we can learn to put you and others before ourselves so that we can really know what it's like to live in your kingdom and that we can see this place become the place that you dream of it becoming. I don't know what it looks like in the end, Lord, but I do know you're victorious. I don't know how it's supposed to be exactly, but I know that you do. So, Lord, help us to learn to trust you, be obedient, follow you, and love our neighbors. We praise you, Father, and we look forward to you speaking speaking to us this morning in very, very clear and distinct voice. In your name. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. My knees are a little wobbly today, so please watch out for me. (laughs) Um, I'm Jen. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just love seeing your faces. I've got a few announcements for you, and um, these aren't just announcements for the sake of making announcements. I think that um, I feel like my mic is really hot. Will Farrell in here? Can we turn your mic? I feel like a hot mic. Um, this is for the life of the church. This is because we are in community with each other. And so these announcements, I want you to tune your ears to because this is how we begin the process of knowing each other and loving each other, serving each other, and showing people outside of these walls what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, one of the things that we want to know is if you need help this week. Um, Garen and I will be kind of getting our house ready. I, we have no idea what to expect with the storm, you guys. I mean, you live in Florida. You never know. But if you need help, let us know. Um, if you need help, like, 
moving things or, or covering windows or whatever it is that you need to do, will you let us know? Um, because we could probably rally some folks to come and help you, um, but we have to know. So, so let us know. And the other thing I'm going to skip to you um, because it kind of has to do with this, our good neighbor offering. Um, we have been in contact with a church in Puerto Rico, and this sweet little church has been meeting outside for five years because they are still recovering from Maria. So they um, are working on their church building. It's, it was really, really damaged in Maria. So for five years in Puerto Rico, they're, they're meeting outside. And so we were put in touch with them. And so after this last hurricane that blew through, um, they're just still struggling. And so we want to help them get back on their feet. So if you are so moved to do that, to give to our good neighbor offering, um, just mark that when you give, and that will go to them um, so we can help them. Finally, I hear it over and over again. And a lot of times I hear it because it's coming out of my own lips. I'm lonely. I don't feel connected to people. I don't have um, people that I can just call. Do y'all feel that way? I do. Yeah, I do. And so what I want to encourage us all to do, actually, we are starting something called three-by-three groups. And it's this simple. Three people, three questions, 30 minutes, three times a month. Okay? Three people, three questions, 30 times a month. And the passage that came to mind was this one in Ecclesiastes. Though one may be overpowered, two, I don't know it by heart. <laughs> what? Oh, no, two, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A cord of three strands. And so what we want to do is form some, some strands of three so that we can be stronger in our faith, in our relationships, with our walk with God, with our relationships with people outside of that strand of three. And so today, these are the questions. I'm sorry, Kimmy. These are the questions. These are simple. How are you seeing God at work in your life this week? Is there an area of your life where you need encouragement? And how can we pray for you this week? And so I'm encouraging you to sign up to be a part of a three-by-three group. We can assign you, you can choose your own, but I want you to sign up today. We want to get this thing started because you, you and I need each other. We need each other. And sometimes it can be a little intimidating to go into, like, a big Bible study or not know what to say or not know, like, are people going to judge me? No. This is a group that you will be able to be yourself. There's no judgment, and there's really not even a leader, so you don't have to take that on either. It's just three people meeting three times a month for 30 minutes, three questions. You can do it 
on the disc golf course. You can do it after church on Sundays if you want to. You can do it uh, over Zoom. I'd, I'd recommend that you do it in a coffee shop instead. So will you do that today? Will you say, I am going to commit, and maybe you commit to say, all right, I'll do it for three months. Three's the magic number. And that's what I heard on, on Schoolhouse Rock. So, <laughs> so I'd, I'd really encourage you to sign up to be a part of a three-by-three group. The sign-ups are in the back. We're about to pass the peace. This is a great time for you to say, yep, I'm in. Yep, I'm in. I'm going to do this because I need people in my life. 30 minutes, three times a month. Y'all can do that. Okay? All right. Well, will you stand with me? I am grateful for how God works through his people. I am grateful for the voices that speak into my life. Voices of Jesus followers who encourage me in my own faith. And because of those relationships, I feel like my relationship with God is stronger. We need each other. And so, today let's practice what we are supposed to live when we leave this place. Let's practice extending God's peace to each other. Be friends. May the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Will you extend that peace to each other? Will you also sign up to be a part of a three-by-three group? And then I'm going to take the kids with me. Love y'all guys. Love you guys. Love y'all. Love y'all guys.
All right. Well, we have our, our traditional offering time. Uh, we have splurged and we got those little you know, little bowls on the long poles. So we're going to be sticking down those down each row now. <laughs> you all ever grow up with those? The first time I saw those, I thought that was hilarious. And I was hoping there was snacks in there or something. But uh, So uh, I just want to pray as we we listen to God about how we can offer ourselves. Um, I was thinking uh, the other day about offering and about sacrifice. Remember, the, you ever watched the movie The Mission? Where this guy, he was a really bad guy. And he's like, I've got to do all this penance to make up for what a bad guy I was. And so he embarks on this mission into South America. You know, it's in the conquistador times. And to like, so God will forgive me. I've got to sacrifice myself. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you look at how Jesus asked us to do things. And so, when you think about sacrifice, I want you to think back to what we just talked about earlier. Loving your neighbor. Jesus sacrificed not to make himself right. He sacrificed to make us right. When we, uh, in the old days, when they used to sacrifice for the cleansing of the the sins, uh, you know, the the lamb or whatever it was. It was a sacrifice so that you could be made right. Jesus is taking care of that, okay? Just don't forget that part. His offering, his sacrifice is taking care of us if we choose to accept it. But when you feel the need like, oh, I've got to do something to make things right, I I don't know how theologically, well, we could talk about that for a while. But do this. Focus that on how can I sacrifice my time, my my money, my talent for my neighbor. And I think that's what we we are supposed to be striving for as we love our neighbors and our neighbors love us. We become more of who we're supposed to be. So let's uh let's let's just go to him and and thank him and talk to him and say God, how would you just uh, how would you lead us to love our neighbors? So Father, we praise you once again. We thank you for how you supply everything for us. In earthly, worldly terms, man, we are fortunate. But so fortunate sometimes that we forget about what it's like to depend on you. So Lord, as we offer up whatever it is we have to offer, Lord, we want to praise you with that. And may our time, our talents, our our tithes, may those all be sacrifices, living sacrifices for as we try to to honor you, but as we try to love our neighbors, Lord, let us do the best we can with what we have. And might we just finally get away sometimes in the still and the quiet so that we can actually hear what you're saying. We know that you love us. And so we look forward to being with us on that journey as we just uh, we just bask in your love. We praise you, Father. Amen. God in heaven, your name is holy. Bring your kingdom to earth. Do whatever you see fit, Lord. As above, so below. Give us what we need for today. Forgive us for what we've done. And help us to forgive those who have wronged us. And keep us from evil. Everything is yours, God. Forever and ever.
are y'all? No, seriously, how are y'all? Did you say getting better or getting bitter? Oh, okay, gooder. <laughs> I was like, well, that that's going to take this service in a whole different way. <laughs> I'm getting bitter. <laughs> y'all, we... Um, all right, this is time for participation. So are you ready? Be ready to answer this question. Do you remember having a favorite book growing up as a child? Do you remember? And you can't say the Bible. Like, we're not, uh, like, I, we all love the Bible. But, like, I'm talking, like, second grade, third grade. Do you remember, uh, like, maybe it's the first book that really, like, captured your imagination or something like that. You got it? All right, turn to your neighbor and, and let them know what your book was. have a book? All right, give me some of those books. Let me hear what they are. James who? James Fenimore Cooper. That's a book? Oh, oh, that was, I was, I was like, okay, yeah, he, you like, you like Last of the Mohicans and, and some of his work. Perfect. I heard Winnie, who said Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. Curious George. Charlie Brown, whoa, Cat in the Hat, I love the Cat in the Hat, Danny Dunn and the Anti-Gravity Paint, when I heard you saying it over there, I thought you said Anti-Gravity Pants, and I was really going to, I was going to talk to you about what that meant, uh, <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? It makes a lot more sense. My favorite book uh, growing up was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis. I, uh, oh, yeah, hey, Kimmy, if you can run the slides for me, that's great. I totally forgot. <laughs> but but it, it's going to be good. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis. I have seen the cartoons. I've read all the books. I've seen the Hollywood productions. I've listened to the BBC audiobooks. I just... It's the first book I remember. It was second or third grade, and it just captured my imagination. I mean, you've got witches, and you've got lions, and you've got evil, and you've got good, and you've got talking fawns, and you've got beavers, and you've got... It just, it just was a magical, magical world. And there's this scene in the first, um, in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where the uh, Pevensey kids are um, finally all together in Narnia. There are a few situations where a couple of them arrive early, but they all arrive at the same time, and they go to Mr. and Mrs. Beaver's house. And the the beavers are so excited because something's about to happen. Aslan's on the move. It's going to be awesome. And and they're like, okay, we're new here. Who's, who's Aslan? And Mr. Beaver explains, Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about being safe? 
course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Now, I have to admit, I'm with Susan. I'm not a huge fan of encountering lions. Um, I, I don't care if they talk or not. I mean, who has that kind of bravery? I mean, I can think of a couple in Las Vegas a few decades ago, but even that, uh, I don't, yeah, I'll let you go there. Regardless of how you feel about a good lion, you should always have certain certain amount of fear or trepidation about being in the presence of something that could take your life in the blink of an eye. This is one of the reasons we've taken a small hiatus from the Lord's Prayer. I want us to be sure, I wanted to be sure that we at least were setting the groundwork for being in the right mindset before we entered into this next part of the Lord's Prayer. We've talked about being authentic. We want to be ducked, not decoyed, right? A decoy looks like a duck and it floats like a duck, but it's not a duck. We want to be authentic. Authentic in our faith, authentic in the way we interact with each other. So we took a little bit of time sidetracking to make sure that we understood the groundwork for where we were going. But we're getting back into the Lord's Prayer, um, which means if you have your journals and your pens, grab them, pull them out. You're going to be able to write down some questions, maybe take some notes. If you forgot yours at home, we have journals in the back and pens in the back. I encourage you to go right now and grab one because I'm hoping there will be at least something that you want to write down. If not, they're great doodling pads. So I encourage you, you won't bother me at all if you get up and move around while you do, while I'm talking. When, it, when we're talking about being authentic, what are we talking about? We're talking about being the real you. The you that you were created to be. Not the you that you think everyone wants to see. And if we're really talking about the fact that we're made in the image of God, then our authentic self, our true self, means that we look like Christ because that's who we're created to look like. It's only when we're living authentically that we would dare to pray the Lord's Prayer especially the part that says, your kingdom come. Because if we understand what we're saying, if we understand what we're praying, this phrase could potentially be the most dangerous phrase in the whole of Scripture. There are two things that it means to pray, your kingdom come. The first thing 